This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One of the big questions is, what is money? For practical purposes, it exists in a series of heterogeneous databases, very different databases. Do you believe in crypto? Digital currency may be an answer. But it is a highly speculative asset. I do own Bitcoin. There is no second best. Welcome to the Crypto Curious Podcast, proudly brought to you by the Bamboo app. Crypto Curious is your go-to source for all things cryptocurrency. Whether you're a seasoned pro or new to the world of crypto, we've got you covered. Each week, we'll break down the top news stories of the past seven days, giving you the information you need to stay on top of the latest trends and developments. Plus, we'll share quick bites of news and insights that you won't want to miss. If you're new to crypto, we recommend starting with our early episodes. We'll break down the basics and give you a solid foundation to understand the crypto world. Join us as we explore the ever-evolving world of cryptocurrency and educate ourselves along the way. On today's episode, we'll discuss the supposed death of NFTs, how Amazon's race for AI affects FTX creditors, and we'll talk a little about the mover and the shaker this week, plus loads of short, sharp news bites. So let's get on with it. My name's Tracy, and I'm joined by my mates, Blake and Craig, as we catch up on the crypto news. Hey, guys, how are you going? Very well, Trace. Good to be back. How are you? Yeah, very well. How are you going, Craig? Very good. Thanks, Trace. I've just learned that tomorrow is 200 days until the halvening, which is very exciting. It is mm. very exciting. Is it speeding up or is it just me? I don't know. Nah, it is speeding up. <laughs> but have you guys noticed that it is popping up in a lot more fees and news at the moment? Like it's getting a little bit more traction now? I haven't noticed, but that wouldn't surprise me. Yet. Yeah, yeah. I think Wait until there's 100 days left. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. going to be gone. There, there is a counter that you can get on Google, but I think there will be a few more counters that pop up as we get uh, a little bit more excited. So at the end of the year, we'll be about 100 days. And I think that's when people will start to realise that the Mm. countdown is coming to an end. Exciting. Alrighty, let's jump into our first news story of the week and what was dominating headlines over the past seven days. There was some research put into the world recently, and like I said, it's made headlines in the crypto sphere, but filtered out into the normie news as well. I saw it covered in some mainstream news publications. It was on the project. Rolling Stones grabbed onto it as well, did a big story. And it was a big story because it had great headline pieces. 95% of all NFT collections have zero value. NFTs are officially dead. These are some of the headlines that came. So, so NFTs have seen uh, a bit of a boom and bust, especially over the last 12 to 18 months. The market has been flooded with a lack of buyers. But what has brought on this headline over the last week? It's a study that encompassed over 73,000 NFT collections and found a massive imbalance in the market and showed that 95% of these collections had a zero value, Craig. 
That's right, Trace. The article's called Debt NFTs, the Evolving Landscape of the NFT Market. It was by this group called DAP Gamble, which is a community of experts in the finance space. We'll chuck it in the show notes below. But, you know, I think looking back, as you just said, 73,000 NFT, most of them were probably just art collections of apes, penguins, space aliens. Like we had peak euphoria and, you know, I had me and my mates getting up at 6am for a Zoom call for mints <laughs> on Solana. That doesn't scream peak euphoria. Mm. I don't know what does, mm. but you know, as, as it said, 95% of these NFTs are worthless, but there seems to be a smaller pool of collections that people are still paying quite a bit of money for. Board Apes are still going for 24 ETH. The nouns. The pudgy penguins nouns, are still going. exactly, yep. So this is a misleading figure, I feel. Well, of course it's a misleading figure. And, you know, in the peak bull run, everyone's trying to figure it out. Every man and their dog was launching an NFT collection. I even had a mate that launched one. It was just <laughs> peak hysteria, peak euphoria. Um, but this article isn't all doom and gloom, Trace. They also talk about the real use cases that NFTs have, but are going to take a few more years to develop, like gaming, mm-hmm. token-gated access, which we know Shopify is getting involved in, mm. real estate, digital identity, and fractional ownership. So, you know, it touches on the real use cases, but says, you know, the boom and bust has certainly happened. Yeah, you know, this just reminds me of a classic innovation boom and bust cycle. Uh, we saw this in 2018. You know, many of these projects attracted capital. There was a lot of hype in the market. They were able to sell, you know, well above the market price or the value of their, their art and product. And you know, as a result, now that the hype is gone and we're only left with really the best projects. And I think it's important to point out here that not all is lost. Those people that were involved in these projects, some of which has failed, uh, many of which have failed, um, are going to consolidate. Those that believe in the technology and the NFTs do have a place in the broader economy. They're going to consolidate together. They're going to build better, stronger projects and not make the same mistakes that they did over the past several years. So I think this is a really important element of the ecosystem and innovation cycles. Yeah, Yeah, and we we see this time and time again. And part of that boom and bust cycle is celebrities getting on board. And now Mm. we're hearing about the celebrities that have bought, which is now worthless. Like Mm. Logan Paul, who's a huge influencer, he paid 600 grand for this robot thing, which is now worth $10. So Mm. now we're hearing about all these guys that are underwater. He's still yet to pay back everyone for his um, zoo Collection. Yeah, yeah, so he was going to launch a crypto NFT project called CryptoZoo. He scanned well, he everyone. He did launch it and he, he did launch it. He and, did launch it? Yeah. Yeah, and, but didn't obviously didn't fulfill the promise of the project. No, and he, and he said that he was going to pay everybody back, which he has not done yet. So, look, I think some really good projects still out there, still trying to work hard and fulfill their promises um, and a lot of them that have just been hype and have gone to zero. I still think there's some great use cases out there, but... Again, I still wouldn't take every single thing that's in this article verbatim. Uh, out of that yeah. 73,000, like you said, I'd like to look at exactly what was in there, but they haven't, they haven't actually published that. Mm. And there's always a comeback story as well. Like we saw it with synthetics. They had a big crash 2017. They came back. Um, Aave crashed. They came back. So it will be interesting to see which ones come back in the next bull cycle. Mm. Mm. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's move on to our next story. 
The race for supremacy in artificial intelligence is heating up and it may work in favour for the FTX creditors. Amazon today announced a multi-billion dollar strategic investment in Anthropic, an AI company that launched the chatbot Claude 2. FTX has a $500 million investment in Anthropic. This was reported by the Financial Times in November. Blake, you've often said that Sam did really well in his investing and that, in fact, we might find out the creditors would be made whole and perhaps profit one day from this. And it turns out you know, this might be one of the big ones. What's happening here? Yeah, exactly right. FTX had a very active venture fund. Um, Sam also led a round for Anthropic um, for $580 million USD a year or two ago. They've since done other rounds. Uh, of about $500 million um, raising funds from the likes of Google and Zoom. And now they're looking at getting a $4 billion investment from Amazon. And Amazon um, has reserved the right to take a board seat um, with that investment. You know, it's not really public what the valuation is going to be, but we can assume that it's going to be much higher than when your know, FTX invested. Um, but this is a really great story for creditors because it's these sorts of opportunities or these sorts of things that are going to close the gap in the deficit that's owed to creditors. Uh, I think, as we mentioned, that uh, the liquidators are charging or the administrators are charging 1.5 million USD a day. Mm. Um, so, you know, these sorts of things really need to come to fruition in order for creditors to be paid back. And I think um, I think we're going to see more of this. You know, uh, they have massive positions in all sorts of um, projects, lots of crypto, but of course, AI as well. And if we see more of this, then it's looking good for creditors. So, so going back to Anthropic, so they've actually raised over a bill in the last year. Yeah. Wow. And they're raising $4 billion more. So, you know, I'm not sure what their valuation is, but it's got to be in the tens of billions. And yeah, uh, it's a bit of an arms race here. You know, Google acquired DeepMind. Microsoft put a $10 billion investment into OpenAI. Uh, and Amazon's looking to, you know, take their piece of the pie and acquire or at least take a large stake in a, another AI company. And, you know, hopefully this um, benefits creditors from the FTX administration. Mm, exactly. So good news there for the FTX creditors. Next up, a story. ZK roll-ups are coming to Bitcoin. The Bitcoin ecosystem is set to adopt ZK roll-ups as two new projects, Chainway and Kazar Labs, open source their data availability options. Blake, can you tell us a little bit more about this one? Yeah, for sure. So ZK Rolux is a zero-knowledge technology. It's a mathematical system of being able to publicly verify or, or privately verify um, data, but without revealing what the data is. So just an example of that is one plus one is two, um, but not knowing what uh, the one plus one is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And this um, could be extended to transactions if you want to prove that the money came from yourself to me, but you don't want to reveal who, who sent, sent it. it. Yeah, yep, things like yep, this. Yep, yep. So this is um, for a long time been a very promising scaling solution for Ethereum and creates lots of opportunity, creating new and exciting products that haven't been available before. But what's new and I've never heard of before is that now uh, it looks like some groups are 
found a way to make this applicable to Bitcoin, um, which is really interesting. So this paves the way potentially for, you know, scaling solutions, but also privacy transactions. Which has been one of the pillars of Bitcoin, which was it being not anonymous. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like the market is trying to do what we're doing on Ethereum, but mm. on Bitcoin, because Bitcoin has the immutability, the privacy, mm. the all the things we know and love. And this is another example of that. But this is super techy. Yeah, it's super techy. So I think for this one, let's throw over to the deep tech, tech duo. duo. Uh, I think we have Alex on today who's going to explain and break this down a little bit more for us because we <laughs> don't understand. <laughs> well, let's see what Alex has to say. Let's start with the basics. Software rollups use Bitcoin as a data storage or data availability layer. It's crucial to understand the importance of data availability in the context of rollups. Ensuring that data is publicly accessible safeguards users' ability to prove ownership of their assets. If a rollup sequencer node goes offline or turns malicious, the guarantee of data availability is a defense against potential attacks, including the rewriting of transaction history or the locking up of user funds. Despite this, using Bitcoin for this purpose is expensive. Bitcoin's limited block size makes it a costly option compared to other networks like Ethereum. Alternative solutions specifically designed for data availability, like Celestia, are also in the works, making Bitcoin less attractive for this role in the long run. This doesn't mean that Bitcoin is incapable of facilitating rollups with support for trustless Bitcoin transfers. However, the required extensions to Bitcoin's scripting language are highly unlikely due to the protocol's resistance to change, known as ossification. Furthermore, introducing new functionality could expose Bitcoin to vulnerabilities, given that they would rely on relatively untested cryptography. This brings us to alternative solutions for bringing smart contract functionality to Bitcoin, such as DriveChain and SoftChain, still in development. These options, unlike sovereign rollups, require community buy-in and a minor change to Bitcoin's scripting language, yet they promise lower blockchain costs and a more trust-minimized bridge between Bitcoin and the new layer. An often overlooked impact of using Bitcoin as a data availability layer for sovereign rollups is the effect on Bitcoin's transaction costs. As demand for block space increases, transaction costs on the Bitcoin network will rise. This could be seen as a disadvantage for regular Bitcoin users, but also as a silver lining. It can incentivize miners to continue securing the network, particularly as block rewards decrease over time. On a technical note, the Ordinals protocol is used in the context of sovereign rollups for data formatting. It is not a requirement, but serves as a convenient way to arrange on-chain data for easy retrieval by rollup clients. In summary, while sovereign rollups offer a new layer of functionality by leveraging Bitcoin's robust security, the limitations in terms of cost and utility for Bitcoin users make them more akin to alternative Ethereum L1s than a meaningful advance in Bitcoin's own ecosystem. All right, thanks, Alex. That's certainly interesting. And uh, I guess we'll uh, be talking about this again in the future and watching how it evolves. Thanks again for the Deep Tech Duo's info on today's story. Let's now move to our mover and shaker of the week. We haven't had one for a little while, but we have one now. So everyone loves a crypto pump. Each week or two, we are featuring a cryptocurrency or token or project that's grabbing attention and popularity. And we will share with you the reasons why it's on the rise and what utility or value it holds. This week, we are taking a look at Immutable X or the IMX token. It has moved 13% over the last seven days, although it did have a pump of 66%. Uh, on the 22nd of September. So I'm going to pass over to who wants to talk, who wants to tell me 
what this one is. Craig, you're going to do the honours. What is or what what can you tell me about this Australian darling, Immutable X? Well, the 66% pump, I didn't know where, like, it was. We were on the chats the group, that day, the weren't we? The chats were pumping, like, uh, where were you and IMX pump 66%? <laughs> no. <Yeah>. Um, <laughs> IMX is another layer two scanning solution, but they're focusing on bringing gaming to the masses. So they facilitate quicker transactions NFT creation and trading that have their own token called IMX, which is used for transactions, staking and trading. And it generates revenue by taking a 2% fee from the NFT sales on the platform. It's their actual company. So the company is one of Australia's largest private tech companies worth $3.5 billion. So serious money here. Mm. But while we think... You know, we don't actually sure. We we're googling why this pumps so much, um, but we can. We think that the now we interest, know why it did pump that day. Yeah, well, there wasn't exactly clear news from them, but it was more so speculation that IMX are now going to take their focus over to the Korean and Japanese market. So it launched on one of Korea's biggest exchange on September second, and Robbie was actually in. Robbie, sorry, Ferguson, the CEO of Immutable X, who we're trying to get on the podcast. So if you're listening to this, get on the show. We He was in Japan spruiking Immutable X and he says, we are all in on Japan. They have the highest per capita spend for the gaming world and the government loves Web3. So he's been spruiking that and then that was a huge pump. It might be worth just clarifying that Robbie is not actually the CEO. He's the president and his brother James is the CEO. Mm, there you oh. go. Cool. Family business. So, yeah, the IMX, it's been running. You know, it's got a few games coming out that will be built on the Layer 2. One of them, notably, is Alluvium, which is we also are big fans of here. Big mm-hmm. fan of Alluvium. We've played the beta. They have some beta versions out. But, guys, what do you think about this? Are you guys bullish on IMX? We were big fans of Alluvium because... We looked at the game. I'm not even a gamer, but the game looked amazing when we had a little look last year at the Oz CryptoCon when they were showing us uh, last November. But Robbie, we've, we've listened to Robbie speak as well. He's a really great speaker. I really understood the vision of Immutable as a business. Um, you know, I think it's got a lot of potential. I really like where it's going in the marketplace. Wasn't sure on that pump, but like you said, we found out where it was going uh, and its entry into the market over there. I think it was also a little bit of chat around uh, Immutable X at the time of Twitter changing to X as well. And they were looking at potential coins that were being and had a little pump at the time. I don't think it meant mm. any, I don't think it meant speculation. anything. Yeah, speculation at the time. But he's um yeah, just back on Robbie, he's actually a really good person to follow on Twitter. He's really open about his journey as a founder. He posted again about him being in Korea. He's met with over twenty games. He says these games are almost live and their infrastructure is at a point where they can become hits and Immutable X looking to partner with them. So he's always on the hustle. Hmm. Interesting. But like anything, folks, do your own research before considering investing into anything uh, like IMX or any other altcoins. But there you go. Nice little pump for IMX in the last week. It's time for a break. And when we come back, we'll look at our short, sharp news bites. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. Welcome back. You're listening to the Crypto Curious Podcast, Australia's number one crypto podcast. Tell your friends. They should be listening. All right, Craig, you're up first. So a report has come out by Caleb and Brown Research that Ethereum has surpassed $10 billion in seven years. They've outpaced the top software companies in nearly half the time. The only company that was quicker than them in hitting $10 billion was Google. It was, it's been quicker than Meta. Zoom, Salesforce, Shopify, Microsoft, and Adobe. So Ethereum is hockey stick growth right now. Well on its way, but I think it might be also important to point out, Craig, that Alphabet, which is the parent company to Google, has a $1.66 trillion valuation, you know, and if, uh, yeah, we hope that <gasps> Ethereum one day hits that and on its current trajectory, no doubt. Yeah, it looks like it might. So pretty exciting stuff. It's very cool. Uh, and uh, I think this just identifies how important programmable uh, money on, on blockchains are. What's that, a 20x trace from now? Yep. It's only an 8x. Oh, it's yeah. an 8x. Oh, pff. lock it in, Eddie. Is that it? <laughs> That's it, mate. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up we have another story about Mt. Gox. So Mt. Gox was mm. a famous hack of a cryptocurrency exchange uh, in Japan back in 2013. 2014 maybe and there's been a massive administration process there's been some bitcoins that have been recovered and people have been fighting to get these bitcoins back i think it's about 138,000 bitcoins uh, similarly uh, there's about 138,000 bitcoin cash coins because it forked back in 2018 and yeah so the value is about 3.7 billion usd so They've pushed off returning these funds um, by another 12 months. Yeah. So people are still waiting. Maybe this isn't such a bad thing. Um, mm. you know, Maybe hopefully. it's not such a bad thing for the market. It's not such a good thing for those people that were mm. hoping to. Yeah, well, they've been waiting long enough. Mm. Um, but what's really good to see here is that they're returning the actual underlying asset and not just the dollar amount mm. at the time oh, can of you administration. 
Generally, mm. what happens in an administrative process, you get a strike price I on the it. asset. Mm. Uh, and, you know, we're, we're, what, now 10 years on. Can you imagine? Uh, Here's your $900 back. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, when it could have been <laughs> yeah, much, much more. So, mm. you know, I think there's a bit of silver lining here, but at Forced least- Forced holding, isn't it? Yeah. Forced hodl. Mm. Well, they say the best investors are dead and the second ones are the ones that lose their private keys. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Guys, did you ever play Farmville? I know of it, but I never played it. Tracy, you strike me as someone who used to play that. I I I reckon you would have. I do real life Farmville folks. (laughs) (laughs) Well, one of the creators and lead developers of Farmville, which was back in the day Facebook game, he has a crypto game now called Pirate Nation, but his company called Proof of Play Mm. has raised $33 million and they've just brought on the ex-Twitch CEO. So this is a seed round led by Andreessen Horowitz which is a huge VC, and their aim is to develop Forever Games, which is decentralized games that operate without creator intervention or external services. So mm. pretty much an open source game mm. encouraging creation within its game architecture. So pretty impressive for a bear market raise, and mm. let's see if the Farmville can hit it twice. <laughs> All right. The Farmville CEO can hit it twice. Up next, this is an interesting one. The FTX exchange is suing the parents of SBF, claiming that they wrongfully acquired millions of dollars in property from the company. This is an attempt to recover some of the $26 million in gifts and property. The lawsuit asserts that his parents used their influence in FTX to obtain a $10 million cash gift uh, and $16.4 million Bahama luxury property property while FTX were on the brink of insolvency. Uh, Yeah, look, I looked into a bit of this and there's actually an article that shows a list of all the things that they got and it's... (laughs) It's quite outlandish, actually. Like his dad wasn't working at the university anymore and he was getting a wage from FTX. Apparently he's getting one wage of 80 grand and then a second wage of 200 grand. I'm not sure how that was working. He's getting Formula One tickets, hotel rooms. He got that luxury apartment. He got all of the furniture to fit out the luxury apartment. He was traveling all over the world, buying special vases. He was... Yep, he, he was getting it all, folks. Uh, living, so Living the life. He was living the life. So Sam, you know, may not have been good at many things, but he was a good son, so he was helping his folks out. Yeah. Apparently, <laughs> apparently some insiders were saying too that his dad was really um, demanding. His dad was really quite... Not not a nice not a nice fellow. So there you go. We'll see if they um, get any of that $26 million back. Something to add to the story. Sticking on SPF, guys, there's a book coming out on October 3rd by Michael Lewis. It's called Going Infinite, The Rise and Fall of a New Tycoon. So it's going to be interesting. I want to audio book this one and I want SPF to read it to me. Otherwise, I'm not interested. <laughs> How can they write this though? Because it's not even over. But we reported on this late last year because he was already writing this book before the collapse. Right. So he was already writing (laughs) a book about SBF as being this prodigy and this amazing character. And then FTX happened and then it took a slightly different turn. Wow, that's going to be – Who's taking one for the team and – Reading this. I'll put it on audio book. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we'll report back to you. I, I, I think it'd be great. I think right. we should all read it. Mate, I'll put it on for leg day. Yeah. For leg day. <laughs> <laughs> well, you read it once a month then. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, moving on. So NFTs aren't dead because there's a lot of businesses still seeing the value. And one of those are the folks from Pokemon who are putting them digitally. This has already been happening. So uh, they may have moved to a new platform. A new initiative facilitated by Courtyard is allowing users to buy unopened digital Pokemon cards and redeem for actual physical cards. The packs were sold for $5 each, but could contain cards worth up to $500. My kids are constantly telling me that, oh, mum, this one's worth this much, which I think is probably rubbish. But, you know, these these packs sold out instantly, demonstrating that, look, this is a strong product market fit for this audience. And, you know, I see value in being able to, look, the boys go to the shop, they buy their packs, they open them, it's all exciting, see what they've got. You know, the same could be said for opening those packs digitally on chain and... So- um, Physical Pokemon cards are still a thing. They haven't they haven't gone anywhere. They're still massive. That is insane because I remember doing that when I was yep. like seven. Well, look, Logan Paul still went to a fight just last year carrying one around his neck that was worth $2 million, remember, and he had it like in a big box. Like it's still oh, yeah. everyone's, yeah. But there you go, folks. Still another use case um, that we're talking about with NFTs. They're certainly not dead. Coinbase, their layer two, has overtaken Solana um, to become the ninth largest Mm. blockchain by total value locked. And what we mean by total value locked is being used in uh, on-chain DeFi. Um, So people can lock up their crypto for liquidity and get a yield off that. So according to DeFi Llama data, um, the base protocol... Uh, has $370 million locked up and Solana only has $300 million locked up. Uh, And I've also seen some other data this week that now Base is generating about $200,000 of revenue per week. Yeah, I did say that. That's madness. Yeah, so this is starting to get a little bit of traction. Um, You know, it's showing some people are participating on it and maybe it's attracting uh, different participants. Mm. So Yeah, I, I'm loving this. And I'm also seeing a bit of a different side of Coinbase and why they produced this after watching that All In Summit interview mm. with Brian. And oh, I haven't take seen on, that one. How actually, was it? it? It was really good. And we should put – just, guys, there's a um, there's an All In Summit interview with um, Brian mm. Armstrong, uh, founder, CEO of Coinbase, and he talks about – his thoughts around DeFi and just the ecosystem in general and why he brought us base. And it really gave me a bit more of an insight and, and understanding and love for uh, base and Brian. Mm. So we'll, we'll pop that in the show notes below also. Definitely a visionary. Isn't he? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. A lot of love He's for a Brian. gun. Mm. And just another note, Coinbase, their reporting earnings will be early November apparently. So it's going to be interesting to see how the market will react to this new Revenue stream that's clearly doing well. Mm, yeah, that's Good right. Point. And you know, yeah, that should be fetching pretty hefty multiple on whatever it generates between. Um, it's going to be very interesting. Yeah. And that's it, folks. Thanks for sticking with us this episode. If you're looking to DCA into crypto, then please consider the Bamboo app. The code is curious for $10 of free Bitcoin to get you started. There's a link in the show notes below. Please follow us via social media on the Crypto Curious Instagram page or in the Facebook group. Hit the subscribe button where you're listening to the podcast now and make sure you tell your mates all about us. If you'd like to get in touch, please do so by podcast at getbamboo.io. Please join us again next week. Bye for now. Bye, guys. See you, guys.
You have been listening to an Equitymates Media production. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. This podcast is intended for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general advice only and has not taken into account your personal financial circumstances, needs or objectives. Before acting on general advice, you should consider if it is relevant to your needs and read the relevant product disclosure statement. And if you're unsure, please speak to a financial professional. The hosts of this podcast and their guests may have positions in the companies mentioned. Equitymates Media operates under an Australian Financial Services Licence 540697.